0: Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. My name is Adam Homey. I'm your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to invest in yourself by tuning in today. As the name says, our listeners, like you, are business creators. We have entrepreneurs. We have small business owners. We have local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have the folks who help others create their businesses. And on the other side of the coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers who like to have your own hands on the levers. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore our episodes, and discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show or click the big button in the sidebar on our website. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us more business creators just like you, and fresh content will be served to your iTunes every single week, including our entire library, which consists of nearly 150 episodes going back over three years. We have a wealth and a library waiting for you. Speaking of wealth. Today, we are going to chat about real estate. Every so often, I love to have somebody on the Business Creators Radio Show who can share with us on real estate investing, monetizing real estate, and those types of things. Because I have found that a lot of our business creators view real estate, whether it's flipping houses or acquiring properties for Airbnb or going into just straight up realtor work, is a great way to diversify their income portfolio. We find these episodes to be very popular, and whenever I have the opportunity to bring somebody on and they have something interesting and something new to share with you, I always try to accommodate. And for that reason, I basically bent over backwards to make sure that we could get Whitney nicely onto our show today. And just to tell us a little bit about Whitney, uh, Whitney started flipping houses in 2009 with her parents. And in 2015, when Whitney was planning her wedding, she flipped six houses. So while she was planning her wedding, she flipped six houses, which shows you that this is really not that challenging to do if you have a system and a process in place like any business creator would. In 2014, she decided she was ready to flip by herself, and she found it to be really liberating. She currently owns 15 houses and over three apartment complexes. Now she teaches people across the country how to buy a home if their credit is low, how to make extra money flipping houses, and how to maximize the profits if you own land or real estate. Uh, So, Whitney, welcome aboard.
1: Thank you, sir. This is going to be super fun.
0: Oh, I know it is. I know it is. Now, I just read off your bio there, and we got a little bit of a sense of your journey and how you started with flipping houses and how you turned that into a profit center for your business and your life, but could you tell us a little bit more, for those of our listeners who have not really had a chance to get to know you yet, a little bit more about what has led you, some of the story that's led you to the intersection of the brilliance and passion where you are today?
1: Well, I am the fourth generation in my family to be a trucker. Okay, my family owns a dump truck company and we've been in business since 1939, still family owned and most family businesses don't ever make it to the fourth generation um without selling or having somebody else come in or anything, but I come from a family of entrepreneurs, okay? My mom and I are in a competition, I think, <laughs> to see who can have more LLCs. <laughs> nice. So I come by this uh, small business, start your own, do-it-yourselfer, very honestly. Wow. So in, 2000, in 2007, I graduated from UT, Knoxville, uh, with a degree in communication. And I'll tell you that my mom thought I could talk just fine before I went to school, but they refined me. <laughs> and unfortunately, even when I got out of college, I still sounded like a redneck when I talked. So <laughs> I think that's been able to help me, though, more than it's hurt me.
0: Right, so basically, uh, what and I capture that. I mean, you have kind of a down-home, folksy feel to how you speak, and I think that makes <laughs> you very relatable. You're not coming across as uh, as uh, pedantic or shall we say, for lack of a better phrase, a stuffed shirt or anything like that. You seem like somebody where if I were looking to buy a house, I would want to buy a house from you. If I was looking to rent an apartment, I would want to rent one of your buildings because I know having been, uh, having rented a, a few apartments in my day, I know that it was largely the personality of the management person I was dealing with that made my decision for me. Yes. And And
1: I've got plenty of personality for three of us, (laughs) and I give speeches a lot, and I've been told that I'm not a very boring speaker. I may be talking about something kind of boring, but I'll make it fun and entertaining as well.
0: That's why we brought you the Business Creators Radio Show, because we always have fun here. Now, there is one other thing we need to do before we start getting into some of your topics, because there's a couple of things you want us to cover, Uh, and our audience knows what it is. Their audience has been tuning in for three and a half years for the Business Creators Radio Show, and so we can hear the drum roll in the background, and my cats are getting all excited, by the way, and here we go. (laughs) Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses, and a lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement anything that anybody says they need to do to create and grow their business, except for time and money? This is a question we ask every expert who appears on our show. And what I like is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of ways the question is interpreted. So, Whitney, how do time and money impact what you're going to share with us today?
1: Um, Well, if you want like a way that I save time and money, I can tell you a free website that's online that I think every business owner should be using every day.
0: Well, it's up to you. You can answer the question however you like. Remember, what we look for is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of different ways our guest experts interpret the question. Our listeners who go back into our library on iTunes can find that we ask everybody this, and we get all kinds of different answers in ways that the guest expert thought they heard it, which is why we ask the question, even when somebody might ask, well, what the heck? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's uh the website is if this then that I-F-T-T-T, I think it's I-F-T-T-T dot com. Right. And it's incredible. I had a VA, a virtual assistant, who is out hunting real estate, hunting houses, hunting deals for me to buy. And she would spend an hour or two just going through Craigslist or going through for sale owner dot com or going through Zillow.com or just going through all these websites for two hours every day and compiling this list of people for me to call. And then I would have to call the people. And then I would have to set up an appointment to go look at the house. And then I would have to do all this other stuff. So if you go to ifttt.com, you can set up recipes to do that for you. So wow. I had my VA set up a recipe that says that if a house in this zip code hits Craigslist or for sale by it emails my VA. She in turn sends another email back to them that explains who I am and what I do and how they can sign up for an appointment to talk to me. Wow. So in those same 2 hours I'm booking houses to go look at instead of just finding houses to want to go look at.
0: I know that free I got—I got I to tell you—in all the years we've had the Business Creators Radio Show, and I've been asking this question, you are the very first one to actually to actually directly answer the question by showing us how to do it.
1: <laughs> I, I mean,
0: we have heard every theory, every platitud,e every inspirational message out there, and they've all been fantastic. In fact, I collect them. I mean, there's a—I'm going to be putting out a greatest hits of our time and money questions at some point here, but that this is. As I said, everybody interprets it differently, and your interpretation was fantastic. Now, I know that we got a lot of people listening here, and we're moving kind of fast. Uh, we's, uh, we're still near the top of the hour, and I know that you have a lot of information you're going to give us, and I think we have some people who are in the audience who are sitting on the edge of their seats. they got their pens, and they got their notepads out. And let me tell you, so do I. Not only am I the host of the Business Creators <laughs> Radio Show, I'm also a student, so I get in the audience with our listeners with my pen and paper, looking for the slight edge for my business and my lifestyle. Uh, just so everybody knows. So first of all, Whitney, well, I, I go ahead.
1: I guess you'll put me at the top of I the greatest the, hits list now, too,
0: right? <laughs> oh, I I gotta admire the confidence. Okay, I, I can <laughs> I can see why you're so successful in real estate. This is fantastic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right,
0: so we're going to go through a number of different topics today. Uh, there are five or six areas that Wendy would like us to cover, and then we'll probably add a couple more on based on some of our listener feedback. Uh, but let's start with investing in real estate for retirement. And why is this a smart thing to do?
1: Um, well, I'll tell you, you can start with land, you can start with houses, you can start with apartments. There's going to be more money made in apartments or mobile home parks But there's also more invested. So I tell a lot of people to start with land because land could be $1,000 or $1,500 and you could get an awesome return on your money. And from land, you learn the process, what it's like to go to closing, what it's like to submit an offer, and what it's like to be a landlord. But from land, you just start adding zeros to the end. It's the same process. So it's one system. And if you start small in land, you can grow it to millions of dollars very quickly.
0: Right. So what we're saying here is the land itself, for lack of a better phrase, comes cheap. But it's what you do with the land is where you really make your money. So you're not looking for the immediate return. You're looking for what happens to the land after you pick it up. So $1,500, and I know this varies around the country, but let's just say in your part of the world, how far can $1,500 go to get you some land?
1: A couple summers ago, On an online auction, I bought half an acre of industrial land. And across the country, land is in basically a pyramid, okay? Agricultural is the bottom, then residential land, and then commercial land, and then industrial is the top of the totem pole, okay? In industrial land, you can do basically whatever you want to, and that's countrywide. So I bought a half acre of industrial land, which is very important to know how it's zoned, for 1500 bucks, I mean, tax, tag, and title, all in, all done, $1,500 invested. And that's another thing is a lot of people think you need $100,000 in cash to get started in real estate, and you don't. You need 500 you need $1,500. And if you don't have 1500 right now, save $100 for 15 months, and then go buy you some land. Okay, so I bought this half acre of industrial land for 1500 bucks, And after I bought it, I was downtown flirting with the codes officers because that's (laughs) kind of what I do in real estate is go hang out with guys who can help me. And they got to looking in In 1992, way before I was started in real estate, way before I cared about this little piece of land. The city came through and there was a driveway that separated my land from my neighbors. It was actually a road. But since it was just mine and my neighbors, the city decided they didn't want to keep it up. So they just gave it to us. And it's deeded that the right side of this road is mine and the left side is my neighbor's. So I presented this to my neighbor and I said, hey, man, it looks like you were driving on my side of the driveway. And they were like, no, 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 little real estate girl. This can't be true. We've been here since 1992 and nobody's ever told us anything like this. It can't be true. And I was like, well, fine. So they had a survey come out. They had their attorneys. There's no telling how much money they spent to find out that they were driving on my side of the driveway. Oh boy! So they called me back in a. They called me back in a couple weeks and they were like, "Hey, little real estate girl, um, how would you like two hundred and fifty dollars a month for your part of the driveway?" Wow! <laughs> I, I've got fifteen hundred dollars invested in it at this point, and I was like. Hold on, let me think about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, so, now, since now since did you it, consult your attorney on that to make sure that accepting that money would be a good thing to do? Did you talk it over with your husband? Did you uh, did you take a lot of long walks, soul searching, deciding <laughs> whether inviting this extra money into your house because of where the driveway was <laughs> positioned was a good idea?
1: Uh, I didn't have a husband at this point. Okay. So I did not have anybody to consult. I did have a brother. And, uh, I called him and he was like, yeah, take it. And I said, okay, fine. But when I called my neighbor back, I said, okay, I'll take it, but I want you to also pay my property taxes every year. And I want you to be in charge of the maintenance on the driveway. So if it needs gravel or grading or anything, it's your puppy. Right. And my taxes are like $30 a year. <laughs> it's not much, but that was my negotiation is that I wanted them to pay my taxes and the upkeep. I clear two fifty a month every month for the rest of my life Wow and I know two two fifty a month may not change your life, but it may make your car payment or it may make you know you could put that two hundred fifty on the principal on your primary house and pay off your house ten years faster or you can do like I do, and I use it on my hair and manicure and pedicure every month. <laughs> right. So you can use that 250 however you want to. What I would really encourage you to do and what I, what I really do with it is I keep it. I keep it in my account, and then every time I see a piece of land for $1,000 or 2500 I know I already have it, and I can go buy another piece of land, and I can charge it $500 a month on rent or I can you know get up to I've got 5 acres at one lot now. I charge $1,000 a month. Wow. I pay 5,000 for it. So you can see it doesn't take long to compound that 250 a month before you have some bigger money. You can buy some bigger lots and you can get bigger money back in every month.
0: Wow, that's nice. And uh, and, and and So you and, don't Yeah, go ahead.
1: You don't have to start with 100,000. Please do not. Pay off your primary house and then start investing in real estate. Save up a little pocket change now, invest in real estate, and ride it out through the, your retirement years. And retire early.
0: Well, here's what I want our listeners to hear. Uh, there's a few things Do you – gave us in terms of truth bombs and things for us to understand. We all hear these (laughs) these, that there are these courses out there that are targeted toward business creators, um, how to invest in real estate with no money and how to invest in real estate with other people's money and how to become a real estate titan with no money down. Uh, And what Whitney here has done is basically just shown you the secret behind that. Uh, I mean, fifteen hundred dollars in this day and age is not a lot of money. And as she said, exactly. if you don't have fifteen hundred right now, just put away a hundred dollars a month. Uh, which really, when it comes down to it, is going out for lunch one le- one less day a month. When you one less day a week is exactly. what it, when it comes down to. That's really where you're going to get your hundred bucks. Just go out to lunch one less day a week, and you will yep. have your fifteen hundred dollars. Maybe even in a, a year or less, if you just take all that money you're yep. going to spend and sock it aside. And uh, as far as – let me just ask one follow-up question here. What does somebody do with industrial land?
1: I'll tell you, my neighbor is a Fortune 500 company, okay, because I knew what I was buying. I wanted industrial land. I didn't want residential land next to an industrial zone piece of land, or I'd have to get it rezoned, which isn't a problem. It's another $1,500, but you need to – buy for what the neighborhood will allow and my neighbor is on the stock market and they have the city contract to collect all the recycling and they take it to this plant right beside me in the city limits and they compact it and put it on trucks and haul it out to the processing plant right so it's not a landfill next to me but it's where all the recyclables go to get compacted to be hauled out to wherever they take them to change them from cardboard to paper or whatever they do. Okay. So I I knew they were my neighbor. And then on the other side of me, I have a salvage yard, also zoned industrial. So worst case scenario, my plan when I bought this was to either sell it to one of them because I didn't know what I was doing at the time. You'll make way more money if you can rent it over your lifetime than if you just sell it. Even if I sold it to them for twenty grand right now, that'd be great, but I'd have to pay taxes on it and then it'd be gone. If I can rent it for two fifty a month, and big companies like to rent property instead of owning it because they get to claim more on their taxes uh-huh. by renting instead of owning. So big Fortune five hundred companies, a lot of times they do a hundred year ground lease or right. they'll do a regular rental or they'll do something so they don't own it because it looks better on their books to rent.
0: Right. Anybody who's read The Art of the Deal knows that Trump doesn't own the land under most of his buildings, but he has leases on him. So the question becomes, what are his grandchildren going to do when the leases come up?
1: I'm sure he's got somebody to figure that part it yeah, out. You know what I mean? Um, you know what I mean? I just wanted to say that
0: because that's one of the, the, the secrets you just revealed, is that the land and the building yep. are two different things. And you have all these skyscrapers yep. and Trump Tower is just one of hundreds yep. of examples where somebody builds this magnificent building. And, and Fortune 500 companies are the ones that build the magnificent buildings, but the land is somebody else's. Yep.
1: And they're sitting back in their rocking chair on the beach just waiting on that rent to come in.
0: Right, right. So every every month you have this this skyscraper of a building, and the owner's paying rent to somebody else for the privilege of the building just standing there. And uh, you have somebody who owns that land who's not going to give that land up for anything, and maybe that's $250 a month. Who knows? But that's $250 a month. It's helping pay for the car. It's going toward the mortgage. It's paying for the mani-pedi, whatever you want to use it for. <laughs> Right. So. I'll tell
1: you also, I, I'm in East Tennessee, and most people relate East Tennessee to Sevierville and Dolly Parton. Well, Dolly Parton and the Partons are a big deal in Sevierville now, but, you know, 60 years ago they weren't. There was another family in charge of everything, and this other family still owns most of Sevier County. Well, this, this exact thing happened, the, and I'll tell you, the family is the Ogles, and they owned everything. Well, they got mad at their grandkids. So they changed all of their ground leases for a dollar a year. Wow. So their grandkids are collecting a dollar a year on multi-million dollar pieces of property that they can't sell for another, you know, 150 years because Grandpa got mad.
0: Wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that works both ways.
0: That tells you, show up for Thanksgiving dinner.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs>
0: right, right. So, so let's stick into this uh, retirement thing a little bit more. And why are people starting to add real estate to their retirement portfolio?
1: Well, the stock market's boring. You pay some dude in some ivory tower to manage your money, and all he's really doing is making money himself. Right. So people don't like that. I don't like that. I've got a stockbroker, and I hang out with him, drink some beers on the weekend. But he's just I think he's a boring kind of guy. You know, I would much rather – see $100,000 out my back door or drive by it on my way to work every day and know that I'm making money off of that. And I control that. And if I buy it right, you know, in real estate and kind of in the stock market, you make your money when you buy it. But the thing about real estate that's different from the stock market is me as a peon stock market investor, all the real money has been made by the time I even hear about it, okay? The real brokers that are up there that are doing that, I can't compete with them. But here in Knoxville, even against all the other real estate investors here, I can compete with it because I've got a little honey hole that nobody else likes to invest in. So I can buy everything that comes up over here because nobody else is even looking.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's i
1: I'll, I'll tell you. Go ahead. I'm I'm a millennial. I'm 31 right now. Right. And Millennials are at the perfect opportunity because we've got the time and the energy right now to be buying real estate, but we're lazy and we don't. I mean, I'm setting myself up to retire by the time I'm 40. Whereas my friends are just sitting around like, man, I really know. And I'll tell you another thing is my friends have parents who have real estate investments. And the reason I say my friends are lazy is because they could go to the rental houses with their parents. They could study under their parents. They could figure out the system. But instead, my friend's parents are calling me, and I'm buying my friend's inheritance because they're not showing any interest.
0: Well, how? I mean, uh, I mean I'm mean, i not going to say anything publicly on the Business Creators Radio Show, but I know that when my parents move on to the next world, there's going to be a little sum for me. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but uh, believe me, I'm cognizant of it.
1: Yeah. Well, my friends aren't. They're way right. too busy doing whatever it is. And their, fr- their parents call me because they know I'm all about real estate all the time. And I have been buying my friend's inheritance. Wow. Which is crazy.
0: Wow. Well, you know, uh, the opportunity is either there Or it's not. Uh, I know that, uh, again, I'm not going to get into what my parents invest in or anything like that, but uh, but there is one story that I do know about, and it's okay for me to share it because they don't actually own it. Uh, I grew up in the country myself. I grew up in a rural area, so that's something you and I have in common. And at the end of the road where we lived, there was this little patch of land, funny you should mention this, that somebody had bought a long (laughs) time ago. And uh, somebody put up a bunch of trailers on it. There was one house, and the house has been sitting there for 100 years. And in front of it, there's this huge, flat piece of land. And right now, I think they have either eight or ten trailers. And then this one guy turned his trailer into a house like some people do. And my dad had the Mm -hmm. opportunity to buy this piece of land in the late 1970s. And I think he told me that he would have paid like two hundred and fifty dollars for it. Now, yeah, adjust for inflation, we're probably close to the fifteen hundred dollars you mentioned adjusted for inflation, and he kicks himself to this day that he let that go, and then twenty years later he had, and then twenty years later, he had a chance to buy the land again, and he let it go again oh. but I get the concept, which is. He doesn't have to, have to have anything to do with those trailers. All he does is leases the space. Uh, the land is cut up into lots, and each one has a trailer on it. So you've got your water hookup and your sewage hookup. You know, they wheel the trailer in. They screw them on. They plug in the electricity in the phone. And that's all you've got to do. Yep. Other than that, just sit back, collect the rent, uh, and whatever you know, responsibilities you have in terms of providing the utilities you choose your mandate to provide for your tenants if you want to use it for trailer parks. But that's a great reason to buy a piece of land, especially if it's the kind of land where you can envision someday people wheeling in a few trailers.
1: Well, I'll tell you, trailers are a very touchy subject because there's a lot of codes people that are trying to get rid of trailers. Like there's some that are grandfathered in. They've been there since the 70s, whatever. I know. But there's a lot. I know in my county, you can't just find 20 acres zoned correctly and have the political pool to get it zoned for trailers. Right. You could get it zoned for apartments and put the same income people in there for apartments, but it's a lot larger investment. So trailers, I'm trying to buy a trailer park this year. Like, that's my goal is to buy a trailer park this year. Right. My friends are trying to buy their primary house, and I'm trying to buy a trailer park. Right. (laughs) Right.
0: right i see I see what you mean, so yeah, I mean and there's, I mean trailers is something that 's way beyond the scope of our interview, and i 'm glad you filled that in, but i 'm just wanting our people based on what you 've shared is to see some of the possibilities uh, Some people are looking for that oh, yeah. huge real estate deal that 's going to just knock it out of the park and turn them into instant millionaires, but from what i 'm gathering from you. Really doing this the right way and turning it into a source of income and a foundation for retirement is like, is like dripping uh, water against a stone, and eventually you make progress.
1: Yes, absolutely. Right. And you're only going to get 10 houses if you buy one, right. and then you can buy another one, and then maybe you'll buy three.
0: Right, right. You, gotta, you know, you my
1: first year, up. I bought the land, and then the next year, I bought more land, and then the next year, I was like, you know what? I'm ready for a house, so I bought three houses. Then last year I bought like 12 houses. My brother called me in April this year when we were doing our taxes and he called because I'm partners with him on most of these houses, all the houses, I'm partners with my brother, all my apartments, I'm partners with my husband, but the land is just mine. Okay. So my brother calls me in April and he was like, "Uh, do you know that we have 15 houses? I was like, you're kidding. I thought we had more than that (laughs) (laughs) and he's younger than I am. So he's sitting there going, why do we have 15 houses? (laughs) And I was like, uh, they make money. (laughs) Right, Right. And that's another thing too. You know, my brother and I have 15 houses and we live in, we each live in one of my mom's rental houses.
0: Right. That's smart.
1: Because Robert, Robert Kiyosaki will tell you that a house is a liability. It is not an asset unless it brings in money. Right. So our 15 houses are assets because somebody else pays for those. And I argue with my husband over this all the time. I think Robert Kiyosaki is right because if if I am responsible for making this payment on this house, it's a liability. If it's making me money, it's an asset. And my husband says that no, bankers say that the house is an asset even if you live in it. Whatever we can argue it all day long. Uh, right. I, 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 <laughs> a
0: great point, and what I'd like to also mention is uh, for people who want to buy up a bunch of houses and rent them out is we have a big culture shift that's been happening in this country for a long time, where people aren't buying houses like they used to. Uh, people are more likely, at least in some areas and within some professions and some cultures, uh, income levels and types of work that people do, to rent a house. Versus buy a house, and there are some benefits to that. Uh, if you rent a house and something breaks, you have a landlord who comes in and fixes it. Uh, if you rent the house and you decide after a year you don't want to be there or maybe that neighborhood goes to heck or something like that, well, you just wait out your lease and then you just sign our baby, you're out of there. Uh, or maybe you're not 100% decided what you're doing with your life or you want to maintain flexibility because you've got a career that's really going places and you don't want to have the opportunity of a lifetime show up in another city and you've got to pass it up because your damn house won't sell. Uh, your worst case scenario there yeah. is you just keep paying the rent until the lease is up or you pay the extra money to break the lease, but either way you're out of there and you're not stuck with a house on the market while you've already moved on.
1: You're absolutely right. And that's the other reason that I say millennials are lazy. By and large, my people, my age, we will not buy houses like the boomers did. Right. We will not buy houses like the greatest generation did because we're lazy. We don't know how to fix the sink. We don't want to call the plumber to have him come out here and meet us and take an hour off of work. Okay. We just want it done for us. Just call the landlord. Let them figure it out.
0: Well, here's how I look at it too. Uh, Because I'm an entrepreneur, I know how to fix the sink. I mean, how I know how to decalcify a toilet, and most people don't even know what decalcifying a toilet means. They don't understand that term. But if you live in a hard water area, you better know what it means. You're not going to flush, because mm-hmm. I used to live in a hard water area, yep. and I had to decalcify that bad boy every three months. It's very easy to do, <laughs> uh, but not everybody even understands the phrase decalcify the toilet versus doing it. It's something, I mean, it takes about five minutes of your time, and the entire process is about three hours, but still, I know how to do it. Uh, I also know how to change a hot water heater. I know how to fix, the, I know how to fix the, the vacuum cleaner. I know how to do basic HVAC work and things like that because my dad taught me. Doesn't mean I want to do it, though, but I can.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so also bear in mind, there are a lot of people out there who do know how to do it, But they'd just rather pay somebody else. And why not pay you?
1: Exactly. Right. And these are the people that, you know, they want to go out. They want to have all this fun and all these stuff. And I know that, especially in my generation, it's very popular to have a six-figure online business. Right. And that's great. But those people had to start somewhere. That's right. And a lot of us don't have the patience to wait. Three or four or five years to hit that six figure mark we want it immediately, and I think that 's why we don 't buy houses. you know we 're scared of a twenty four month cell phone contract. How are we going to sign up for a thirty year mortgage
0: right exactly right precisely i mean i don 't have a cell phone contract uh, but I mean on the other hand, i 'm not the type of person who changes cell phones very often. I had the I'm probably one of the few people you know. They got a cell phone in 1999. My first cell phone was in 1999. And I had the same phone number for 15 years. And the re- and the re- and well, the- I did yeah, not get mine in 99,
1: but I right. do have the same phone number since when I got
0: it. Right. I 01. Right. Yeah, right. And the reason I changed the number is because uh, I moved to Las Vegas, and I didn't want some Pittsburgh number anymore. I wanted a Las Vegas number. I wanted a number in my home. So it was just a matter of uh, you know settling in to get a phone number that's local to here. I mean, it was kind of a psychological thing, but I could have kept that other number if I wanted to. Yeah. Right? I just didn't want to. I wanted, a, I wanted a break. I wanted a new start. I wanted a new chapter in my life, and that 412 area code that I brought with me across three time zones was just an anchor to something I wanted to cut. <laughs> so I went to the, I went to the uh, old, uh cell phone store and had it switched and good to go.
1: You know what? You talk about a cell phone. I bought a building yesterday that has a cell phone tower on it. Do you think that thing is going to be useful? It has a, I think it has 55 years left on the ground, lease. Right. Do you think it's still going to be useful in 55 years when I come to renegotiate it, or do you think the cell phone industry will change by then?
0: Oh, gee. I don't know. Uh, seeing as I don't know anybody personally except for my parents and my grandfather that have a landline anymore, I'm thinking that cellular <laughs> is a way to go. Uh, I, I, yeah, the apartment the apartment I live in right now, because I'm one of those folks. I don't want to own a house because I don't want to be tied down. So the apartment I live in, mm-hmm. it's got it's got all the jacks uh, in almost every room. It's got more jacks for a landline <laughs> phone. It's got one in the kitchen. It's got them in both bedrooms. It's got two in the living room. It's got one in the master bathroom for crying out loud, where you can plug in <laughs> your landline phone. I'm thinking about getting a landline phone just so these jacks don't go to waste. But then again, I don't want people calling me anyway, so. But, but see, the point is is it, with all the infrastructure that's designed still for landlines it's built into the houses, you find something like Whitney just described with a cell phone tower attached to it, and uh, you know, you, can, you could even potentially I mean maybe correct me if I'm wrong here, but you could at some, one point or another, have different cell phone providers and play them off against each other to see who pays you the best rent.
1: And you can do that with billboards, too. A lot of people don't know this, but if you have land that touches an interstate, you may have 30 acres of useless land, except there's one high spot, and you can get somebody to rent the high spot for a couple hundred bucks a month and put a billboard on it, maybe a couple thousand dollars a year. So billboards and cell phone towers are an awesome way to make money off raw land that people just don't consider, but it's part of our world.
0: Why am I glad I have you but here? You because to... you're talking about so much more than flipping houses. You're showing people some of the oh, inner yeah. of real estate. Because you know, because I, you know, I have friends on on Facebook uh, who uh, are into flipping houses and investing in properties and things like that. And they're and they're cleaning up. I mean, they're they're doing great work with this. They're buying they're buying and flipping houses. They're buying apartment complexes. They've got twenty deals on, on in various stages at any given time. I mean, they're doing they're doing it big. Uh, but what they don't share, because, again, on social media, we only share a highlight reel, is behind all these houses <laughs> and apartment buildings, there were plots of land and billboards and cell phone towers where they got their seed money.
1: Yes. Right. And driveways for $250 a exactly. month. Exactly. pasture land that people rent for cattle to graze on. Absolutely. I love just land. And I'll tell you also that I flip houses just so that I can buy apartment complexes. Like I don't, I don't even really like houses and the name of my real estate firm is Whitney buys houses. Right. (laughs) But I can make so much more money in apartments for the same deal. I mean, so in my area I can buy a house for 120,000 that doesn't need any work. And I do creative financing and lease options. So I don't have to go to the bank and put any money down. Like I do all of those things that people teach too. So, I get a house for 120 grand. I move somebody in for $800 a month. Great, awesome, whatever. I also bought a five unit apartment complex that was fully rented. And I don't really like the F word in real estate, which is foreclosure. Right. But I did buy this apartment complex out of foreclosure for 120 grand, fully rented, already rehabbed, $500 a month per unit. So that's $2,500 a month coming at me. And I did have to go get a mortgage for it because I didn't have 120 grand in my pocket. But my mortgage payment is $650 a month. Okay, so if I'd gone and gotten a mortgage payment and on on my house for 120, my payment is still about 650. So I'm looking at the same property in about the same part of town. My payment is 650 a month on both of them. I have the same amount, 120 in both of them. But on one, I make $800 a month So I'm clearing, what, $150 a month? Right. And on the other, I've got five people chipping in $500 a month towards my mortgage, towards insurance, towards property taxes. And, of course, Murphy. And Murphy's Law is that anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Uh So I've got two or three people just chipping in towards Murphy. Right. And I still get to clear in my pocket $500 to $1,000 every month. Right. Or I can keep it bankrolled so that when it's time to replace the roof, I don't have to come out of pocket with it. These people have been putting it into it all these years.
0: I hope you guys so are taking I notes. So I
1: only flip houses. I only flip houses to put money down on apartments. Like I'll buy a house for thirty thousand dollars. I'll put a lease option tenant buyer in it for seventy nine thousand, and I'm doing this right now. This is a real story.
0: Wow, I got I got to you going to cash I... me out of
1: the end. <laughs> i He's cashing me out, and the end of August early September, he's been in there for two years, making a eight hundred fifty dollar a month payment. He's usually late, so he pays an extra eight fifty every month. so I'm gonna get my thirty thousand back that I had invested in this house plus thirty thirty five maybe closer to forty by the time it's all said and done, and with that forty, I'm gonna go buy a hundred and fifty thousand dollar apartment unit and put that forty thousand down on it and just start cash flowing. So I can retire, you know, bringing in twenty grand a month, free and clear. And in Knoxville, twenty grand a month that I don't have to do anything for, but wake up and check my account—that's good money.
0: Okay, you done now because uh, what I've learned about Whitney. Here,
1: this is
0: what happens with folks sometimes when they're just a font of knowledge, <laughs> like Whitney is, because Whitney is totally laying down the outline of how to do this more than anybody except for a couple of our guests here on a radio show that I've ever heard. And what I found with these, type, these types of people who are just the givers of the world, the ones that truly care about you and truly want to help you, is just when you think they're done, just when you think they've completed a sentence, they start with something else. So I'm not intentionally talking over her or trying to interrupt her or anything like that. I just legit think she's done. But then there's more. So for, so for the so for the for the next uh, 20 minutes here, you may hear a few pauses while I check to make sure. Uh, but let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to something else here. Uh, I mentioned earlier that a lot of people in this generation, especially those who are. You know, who, who want to maintain their career mobility will rent rather than buy so they don't, get, they don't lose out on a career opportunity because they can't sell their house. I know people that's happened to. They had to pass up the career opportunity of a lifetime because they couldn't sell their damn house. So what do you do when your house isn't selling?
1: Call Whitney Buys Houses because I love those people. Okay, I'll come in, and if your house is worth 120 and you owe 120 that's cool with me. Right. Go on, move on. I want you to make the payment for the next three months while I find somebody else that'll come in and take over the payment from me. And then I'll make some money up front because I'm taking on the risk of your house. But you go on, go take that opportunity, leave. I will take care of everything back here on the home front. And that's how I buy a lot of houses. I mean, And I, I like doing that because I get to help people. You got a dream? You want to move on? Go, move. I don't care. Leave me the house. Give me the rest of your mortgage on it. I'll take it because I'm in it for the long term. And, you know, a bonus. So I'm a a broker. I am not a regular real estate agent. I don't want to list your house. I don't want to take people to open houses on Sundays and talk about how pretty the kitchen is. I don't care about all that. I want to buy the house because I'm a control freak. And I want to be able to put somebody in it who probably has bad credit or they've got a bankruptcy or they're a, a lot of small business owners don't qualify for a mortgage. That's true. But if they, if they move into my house and they make their payment on time and because I run it through a company, I can present it to the mortgage broker and say, look, this dude has paid me on time every month for two years. And then that shows credit to the mortgage broker where he's like, all right, fine. I'll give him a loan. Wow. Wow.
0: And wow. In the meantime,
1: uh, uh, I've I'm paid sorry. down
0: your note. I'm sorry, we have to pause right there. Go ahead. I want our business creators to hear this, uh, especially our business creators who own limited liability companies and those of us who have LLCs know that the paycheck we take home is not the same thing as our income. Uh, you know, Those of yes. us who do tax planning know that uh, while we may be paying ourselves, in effect, poverty wages from five different LLCs that add up to a middle-class paycheck, uh, your, you know, most lending companies, especially today, are going to look at that and they're going to say, wow, you get a paycheck for $300 a month and you have a student loan for $325 a month. Why haven't you declared bankruptcy yet? And that's the level they actually think at. So, uh, yes. uh, And I know even renting an apartment um, is, as a holder of yes. limited liability companies myself – Uh, I already know the drill, there's all this extra documentation I have to provide and adjustments I have to make to the income for X amount of time and everything else to show that I qualify So I go in there, I get the lease for the place I want, and then I drop my income back down again. So there's little games we have to play. Now, when you're trying to buy a house, that stuff don't fly. Because I know, because I tried to buy a house two years ago, and it was an absolute disaster, even though I could afford the thing out of my pocket change, basically. It was just a disaster, because these underwriters don't look at reality anymore. They look for any excuse to play with you for a while, like a cat chasing a mouse, and then sink the claws in and throw you off to the side. Uh, so, what Whitney has just yep. shown you is how an entrepreneur who has limited yep. liability companies can buy a house. You find a situation like what Whitney describes where somebody where somebody who's an investor has taken over somebody else's mortgage. You move in there, you make the rent payment, but it's the same as a mortgage payment, yep. and then they can go to oh, yes. their, and they can go to their buddy who does the mortgages, who they have a high level of trust with, who they speak the shorthand, and they can say, look, I got this guy right here. I got this woman right here. Uh, She has been making this payment on time for two years. Don't that count for something? And when when it's presented that way, when it's put in that package with that bow on it, that's how you get your house with all your little LLCs and your tiny little paychecks that all add up to a middle-class income, but good luck persuading a traditional underwriter.
1: Exactly. And if I could do one of those every week, that'd be fine. And people will pay me for that because I'm providing a service that nobody else in town has figured out how to do. I'm taking on a risk that nobody else in town has figured out how to monetize.
0: That's See, that, that's great. Now, I don't know if you can be nationwide. Are you nationwide? And if you're not nationwide, how do we find what you just described for those of us who are business creators? This is key.
1: Well, I am in Tennessee and in Georgia. My real estate firm is in Tennessee and in Georgia. But I have buddies all over the country who do exactly what I do. And uh, you can connect with me on Facebook or any other way and let me know where you are. And I'll try to connect you with some of my friends who do this. But mostly, if you can look, you can probably type it in to your search bar and find somebody in your town that does this. Right. And a lot of people will say... A really popular one is We Buy Houses. We you buy can type a- in We Buy Houses any city, and there should be 10 people that come up and call uh-huh. those 10, and one of them will do what I do. Most of them are going to be wholesalers and they're not going to be interested, but somebody out of those 10 will do exactly what I do. You can type in Lease Option, Lease to Purchase, Option to Purchase, Rent to Own. Uh, a lot of times, people think rent-to-own is a trailer. It's not. My houses are pretty houses in good school districts, four-sided brick, sometimes with a pool.
0: Okay. Okay, so I've we had buy lake houses. houses
1: that I've done this on.
0: Right. So we yeah. buy houses is the key word, and we all see those signs up on the telephone poles. Buy Everywhere houses. So those are the people you call. All right. Now I understand. Yep. Now I get why people are going around buying houses. I didn't really get it until just now. So I get it. So they buy the house Sometimes to get out of, and then they do this thing you described where they hold the mortgage, and then they find somebody and they move them in who may not have the best credit or somebody who wants to be in a rent-to-buy situation and you and let them sit there for two years, pay the mortgage through your company, and, uh, and dissolve their credits. It's,
1: it's a beautiful situation. It really is, and it's across the country, and everybody's seen those houses, and sometimes they buy houses for cash. Sometimes they like crack houses. Sometimes they like pretty houses, but there's at least 10 in every city, and if you start calling them, somebody will do what I do.
0: Mm, give me a crack house. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock down all the walls and find the <laughs> stash. And the reason I'm saying that is I'm going to knock down the walls and find a stash of cash.
1: <laughs> it, won't tell, it won't
0: tell nobody, I mean, because you figure a crack house is wrecked. It needs new walls anyway. Who's going to know? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just kidding. That is not official advice. Uh, I would not recommend that for anybody. But we're having fun here, and you know, if we you know, if, we, if it was a bunch of us, you, me, and some of our listeners, you are sitting around a table, um, consuming a few of our favorite beverages. Somebody would have said that, and we all would have
1: laughed. Yes absolutely I, i'm laughing now i didn't say it but i'm
0: laughing <laughs> uh, yeah i i get it okay yeah yeah and that's the atmosphere we like to have here on a business creators radio show it's really like us just hanging out and sometimes we can say the things that we would say uh when it's just a few of us out for drinks and that's the atmosphere i like to maintain around here because if you can't have fun in business you might as well fold up your tent and go home
1: and i'll tell you most realtors don't have any fun because they're so bogged down and hustling for those clear to closes that they're missing the opportunity to buy and make a fifty thousand dollar check instead of a five thousand dollar commission you know i get so frustrated with realtors because they watch all sorts of other people make big bucks and they never they're in the perfect opportunity but they never step up to the plate and i'll tell you the most successful realtors own real estate because they've figured out that's where the real money is. It's not in representing other people and making pennies and watching other people make thousands. It's right. stepping up, buying it, controlling it, and then selling it or holding it forever. You'll make more money over a hundred years if you hold it. You got to wait on it. Yep, yep. But it's coming.
0: You know that you know that's funny because when I first moved to Las Vegas and I wasn't living here yet and I only had three days in town to find my first place because I decided I was going to move here and I had to get here quick. Uh, a friend of my, a good friend of mine, his sister is a realtor here. So she agreed to take me out and show me some places and as we're driving along, we'd be you know going up and down this street or we'd be going uh, uh you know, Tenea Way, which is a really big thing here in Las Vegas, it's a big cross street, and we'd be driving along, she'd point and say, Oh, I own that one, uh I own that one. Uh Good. I got I got I got a, I got a bid in on that one and we would be looking I like at, her. And we were looking at some of the uh properties that she was showing me because uh, I was looking to rent a place for the first year just to get in, and a uh, couple of the listings, she said, "You know, if you don't take this, I'm going to find out who owns it. I'm going to put in a bed." I like her. Yeah, and uh, she's doing pretty well for Most herself. realtors never yeah.
1: get. Yes. No. Most realtors won't ever get to that point.
0: Right. There's there's a, there's a reason why she was but- able to take a whole day. Out of her yes. schedule, just to help her brother's friend who needed to rent an $800 house place just to get start $800 a month place just to get started in town. There's a reason why she was able to do that at the drop of a dime. It's not because she's hustling and scraping. Let's put it that way.
1: That's right. All right, she likes the first of the month just as much as I do exactly
0: <laughs> exactly yeah i think I think that's her I think she celebrates it every single month, so uh we are
1: getting I do well,
0: yeah, <laughs> I know we are getting close to the top of the hour here. We have 10 minutes left before the little man falls off the cliff and we hear the horn. Uh, so So you gave us some insights on what you're trying to do if you're trying to buy a house and your credit score is low. You find those we buy houses people and you find out if they're holding somebody's house that the person had to move out of town and they gave them the mortgage, move in, pay the mortgage for two years through that company and then they can go to the mortgage company and say, look, they're a good person. I have a history of them with me. Give these people a mortgage, and that's how you buy your house. So uh, just really one more question, and this is a little bit different than what we were originally anticipating, but this is something that our listeners want to know, and they can't get enough of this topic. Services like Airbnb have become extremely popular. I know when I travel, I look for an Airbnb rather than a hotel room because I'm not looking to spend $300 for a place I'm basically just going to crash Uh, I just want to crash somewhere that's safe and quiet. So a lot of people are getting in on the Airbnb game, entrepreneurs who are growing their seed money. Uh, In fact, when I stayed in L.A., I stayed with this company that owns an an information technology company, and they rent out two of the rooms, and that's how they're financing their entrepreneurial venture. They're funding their startup that way. Um, Airbnb can also be a way to get that first $1,500. You can go buy your piece of land. So a lot of people are airbnb in. So, what are your thoughts on the whole Airbnb thing, and how can people use what you teach and what you do to leverage that into Airbnb income?
1: Airbnb has been around forever, okay? They used to be called boarding houses. Yes. Where you could rent a room while you were in town, okay? It's been around forever, but now they've put it on the internet, and we've got access to it, and they gave it a cute name.
0: Right, right? Yeah, boarding house, yeah, boarding if, houses, bed and breakfast. I have a two friends of mine, they're a couple, they live in New Jersey. They don't do hotels either. They always stay in bed and breakfast situations.
1: Me too. I love it. I love yeah. that personal touch. I love the Airbnb situation. I, I I'm I'm a complete fan because, you know, I may have a nice house on the lake and I've got an elderly couple that lives in it. You know, if I could, I would rent out the other three bedrooms there. Right. And make extra money. I mean, it totally makes sense to me. I love it. I don't have any like that. Um, one of my goals is to get a vacation rental that we could do in Airbnb, but uh, I'm having trouble with the taxes. Right. <laughs> the nightly bedroom taxes and that kind of thing. So that's that's my hang-up.
0: Right, right, right. Precisely. Uh, precisely. So uh, what about... And, and I'm hearing, I'm hearing a little bit about this trend. People who either they rent an apartment or they own a house, they'll buy another house like real close to them. Uh, maybe something with a you know with a nice three or four bedroom setup with a lot of common space, and with the idea that they're going to have four and Bs running through there every night. Cool. Yeah. So so is, now is there anything we need to be aware of or anything we need to be cautious about if we go in that direction?
1: Well. If you're doing the nightly rental, then that's a chance for four different people to have a problem every night. Right. And, you know, it's one thing to have four houses and four tenants, and they may fix the toilet if it's leaking. But if you got four people looking at two different bathrooms and they don't want to share, you know, their whatever, then you just may have more opportunity for more issues. And you're just going to have a lot more wear and tear on the house.
0: Uh-huh. So basically one tip is. Because they're moving in. Yeah, moving in. Moving they're moving on.
1: in. They're banging the suitcase against the door. They're, yeah. you know, forgetting to lock it. Or, you know, they're just, I mean, there's just so many little things that can start to look worn out because of more use.
0: Right. Which is why. why the and air- the other air-
1: problem, air- problem that.
0: See what I mean? Go ahead. <laughs>
1: the other problem. Yes. <laughs> the other problem that a lot of people are having, and it's just really popular, I think, in the media right now, are bed bugs. Interesting. So you're just going to want to make sure you have a really good bug guy who comes on a very regular basis. And I'll say that for any tenant, like even my rent-to-own houses, sometimes if they're you know more towards the crack house section of town, I will still keep a bug guy just so that somebody will go through and make sure that there's not a leak and they put a bucket under it or to make sure that the roaches aren't completely taken over or just to make sure it looks like somebody's still there and taking care of the property. I mean, that's a pretty cheap expense. You know, thirty bucks a month or something, just to have somebody besides me put their eyeballs on my property to make sure it's still being taken care of.
0: Right. Like I'm a big
1: fan of bug guys and insurance agents.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I like when I travel out of town, for instance, I I because I travel pretty frequently. I have I have people in and out of my place all day long while I'm here. Like I'll schedule repairs to happen while I'm not here, just to put a body in the house. Um, I have cat sitters that come in multiple times a day at different times a day. So you can't case my place and say, well, the cat sitter is going to be here at 11. (laughs) She'll be gone at 1130. They intentionally – randomize. And sometimes I pay them for three visits yep. that day. You just don't know. Uh, so I will have people, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm a minimalist, so I don't really have a lot of stuff here anyway. My valuables are in another location, but, uh, as far as my living space, I, when I'm not here, I have people moving in and out all day long. You ain't going to case my place. <laughs> Right, and it's the same thing. If you're holding properties, you got to just because people get, you know, people learn that that's a a rental property, or no one's actually living there. But if they know there's people moving in and out out all the time, suddenly it's not that tantalizing a prospect because you don't know uh, if you think you're going to burglarize the place, and uh, that just happens to be the day the carpet cleaners come in. So just that's a, that's a little home safety tip. So we've covered uh, how to buy a house without credit, how entrepreneurs who earn income through limited liability companies can buy houses. We've covered home safety tips. Uh, we've covered uh, how, to, how to be successful with Airbnb by knowing what to avoid. And uh, just one little tip that came up here before we turn the stage over to you for one more minute is, if you're going to do that thing where you buy a house and it has four bedrooms, so you're thinking you're going to have four Airbnb contracts, Buy the one that has four bedrooms and four bathrooms. That way it's one bathroom for everybody. And get a big hot water tank. We're not in
1: college anymore. And
0: get a big hot water tank, too, so they all can take a shower. Yep. All right. So, Whitney Nicely, this has been a fun time, and we are down to just two minutes here. (laughs) But I want to turn one of those minutes over to you. You said you have something kind of fun for our listeners, just for uh, them tuning in, investing themselves, and taking the time to play here today?
1: I have a real estate pop quiz, and it, nice. it's fun, it's short, it's very conversational. The website is reipopquiz.com, Great. so realestateinvestingpopquiz.com, and it'll tell you if you're a real estate nerd or if you're a busybody or what kind of investor you're going to be, but it'll put you on the right track to get started with investing.
0: Wow. Yeah. And you say, it's what, just 10 questions?
1: Yes. And they're fun. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, I think they're fun, but
0: yeah. I'm a real estate nerd. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, exactly. So the URL for that is REI, like real estate investor, REI, REIPopQuiz.com. That's REIPopQuiz.com. And I took it myself a little bit before we came on the air. And it's not only very educational, but it's also hilarious. And remember, if you uh, and remember if you're a, a business creator who earns income through ten different limited liability companies, and you can't persuade a traditional underwriter that you actually are rich and not bankrupt by their ridiculous <laughs> standards, just contact Whitney nicely. She knows a guy in your neighborhood. Yes. All right. Or a girl. Or I, I was getting ready to say that. See, great minds think alike. <laughs> I, I want. I wanted to do the little delay, the little delay thing, just so that we make sure we make the point very clearly. Yes. All right. So uh, Whitney, nicely. Uh, Whitney buys houses. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and an education. Thank you, sir. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.